Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. As always, it is your host, Kelly. I hope you had a great week. This episode is going to be a good one. I have Cara Maria from The Challenge joining, and I am a fangirl. I mean, I love The Challenge. You guys know that. I've covered a lot of The Challenge, and I am just really, really excited to have her on. I hope you guys are cool with that, and that's going to be at the very end of the podcast. So if you're joining just for the Cara Maria bit, it's going to be at the end, so just keep fast-forwarding. But I suggest you give me, like, a little bit of a chance. Maybe you'll find something you like. I feel like, yes, this podcast is a lot of hills, but then we do pop culture, and then we do advice stuff, and I think it's a good time, and you will find something that you maybe enjoy. I went to a restaurant for the first time in about a month, and honestly, not where I don't think I'm going to go to restaurants anymore. <laughs> I know I said that before, but this time I really mean it. I just did not feel right, and I felt like social distancing was not being practiced, so I'm just going to do it myself. I have been thinking about just driving home, so if anyone has done an 18-hour drive on their own and rented a car, please let me know, because I am very nervous. I'm a nervous driver. I've had the same car for about seven years now, and I get nervous when I drive cars that are not that car. I don't think I'm a bad driver. I just think that I'm a nervous driver. (laughs) But like I said, Cara Maria is going to be on this episode. Really excited. I hope you guys had a great week. And I appreciate a few of you reached out about getting a new pet. I know I talked about that last week. I still don't know if I'm ready. And a few people were like, you just got to do it. Like if you're this lonely, if you're this sad, like just try it. And I am, I'm looking at a few cats on Pet Finder that are real cute, but I don't know if I'm ready and I'm not sure if I want to get a pet right before, or I say a month before I'm planning on going home anyway, because I wouldn't want to leave him alone. You know, I wouldn't want to leave him alone for a week. I don't think that's cool. I would leave girl alone for like a week, but I don't know. She was older and didn't have a ton of energy. So she would just like sleep and had a pet sitter come check her out, all that stuff. But anyway, enough about me. I know sometimes I treat this podcast like a dear diary. That was a dear diary moment. But let's get into this episode of The Hills. So this episode is season three, episode 17, and it's called Once a Player. So during the recap, we find out that Audrina is finally ready to move on. And then we also find out that Heidi is having her own issues with Spencer and the wedding. We are reminded that Stephanie is now in the picture And then Brody and Lauren are on and off forever. Those are Lauren's words. She's starting to think, like, could she get serious with him? And her quote uh, at the end of the recap is, I knew Brody liked me, but he also had an eye on every other girl in L.A. We start off the episode and we're having lunch with Brody and Lauren at a place called Taste. And Brody's, like, laying it on thick right away. He's like, your eyes look extra beautiful today. Thank you. Very bluish. They're very bluish today. They're looking very bluish. Brody's always just laying it on thick. I feel like he really wanted us to think he was some Casanova. And you know what? Like 15-year-old me definitely thought he was. But re-watching, I'm like, wow, he is a cornball. But after he says they're very bluish, Lauren goes, well, they are blue. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought they were green. They're blue with yellow in the middle. And Lauren is not changing her voice, you know. Over the past few seasons back in Laguna, we know that if Lauren likes a guy, her voice changes. If Lauren likes a guy, she kind of talks like this and like just kind of like goes a little bit higher pitched. Not in this scene. She's over it. You can tell she's over the whole Brody storyline. They just keep like complimenting one another's eyes. Brody says a few more things and then Lauren says he has nice eyes. And this is definitely a moment where you're like, there's no chemistry at all. I did think Lauren and Brody had a little bit of chemistry, what, last season? But I think they realized pretty quickly that they weren't actually going to be a couple. But due to editing, it looks like Brody is checking out a different girl, so it seems. I mean, the editors on the hills worked hard. They work like Kris Jenner hard. But I don't know where Brody just goes, talk to Jem Bunny at all lately? And then Lauren goes, she might be coming to the Halloween party. And that's kind of the scene. It's kind of like awkward. It's kind of weird. And I feel like the two of them were just realizing, like, this is actually hard to pretend to like you when I'm, I don't like you. Maybe they were attracted to one another, but they definitely weren't liking one another at this point. At least not, like, sexually liking one another. They were just meant to be buddies. Now we are at Teen Vogue, and we have Whitney asking Lauren about Halloween. 
And Lauren now says that her and Audrina talked about having a Halloween party. So last scene, she said they were having a Halloween party, but now she's like, we might have a Halloween party. So I don't know if maybe this was filmed before the confirmed party or if Lauren just did not want to invite Whitney. I don't know. But then Whitney shows up to the party. So it was just bad editing. (laughs) But Audrina is inviting some boys and a guy that she likes. And Lauren refers to him as JB's replacement. And it kills me that the whole time that Lauren's kind of going on, Whitney is just saying like, no way. Really? Oh my gosh. And she just seems like she doesn't care. She's like reading Vogue. And it's kind of funny. I saw all like the um, Vogue magazines behind her head. And I was like, oh my God, I'm surprised they're reading Vogue. Kelly, they're at Teen Vogue. Of course they're reading Vogue. Like, get it together, girl. Whitney ends up bringing Brody. She goes, you and Brody doing a couple's costume? And Whitney can't even say it with a straight face. She starts kind of laughing. And Lauren's response is, please, he will couple with Frankie before before me. I guarantee that they do couple together. And then Whitney says, dumb and dumber, solid burn, Whitney. I'm a big fan of that. Now, Whitney needs to be, like, a little bit more specific and ask about Lauren and Brody. You know, she kind of, like, joked about it. But Whitney's job right now is to find out what is going on because she's had her few episodes. She's had a few solid storylines. But at the end of the day, she is Lauren's work wife, and she needs to get all of the gossip out of Lauren. I am about to play a audio clip in three, two, one. Wait, so what's going on with Brody? Same thing as always. Same thing as always. What's what's that mean though? Brody's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's really nice. Very good looking. Mm-hmm. But Brody likes his ladies. Brody does like his ladies. And you don't need to be one among a million. Mm-mm. I just know that when I'm around the two of you guys, like I can definitely sense some sort of chemistry. So I feel like Whitney is just trying to be like, yeah, there's definitely something there, but don't date him. And you need a friend like that. I think you need a friend to be like, I could see why you're attracted to him. I get that there is some chemistry, but you deserve better. Now we are at the Spidey apartment and we have a Heidi and Stephanie moment. So remember, I still think Stephanie was brought on the show so Heidi and Spencer could have a storyline other than their marriage. I feel like come season three, Lauren wouldn't film with them. They were starting to kind of fall off. And Spencer was probably like, Stephanie, let's cause some trouble. And Stephanie was like, let's do it. Of course, in Stephanie and Spencer's world, they say that Stephanie just decided to join the cast. She decided to show up at the club, which could be true. But I still think Spencer had something to do with that. But again, Heidi has a buddy now. She has a friend that's not someone she works with. It's not Spencer. It's Spencer's sister, Stephanie. But Heidi brings up the fight about eloping and how Spencer just left. She's like, Spencer just left. And then she says, if anything, this wedding is tearing us apart. And that really sucks for her. Like, she does not want this wedding to ruin the two of them. And Spencer, you don't know how hard it is. I keep going and Spencer when I mean and Stephanie. Stephanie and Spencer, and they're the exact same person, is actually really difficult for me to break apart. But Stephanie says, you know that he loves you and he knows that you love him. It's like weird, solid advice that comes out of nowhere. And when I say solid, I should have said that like more sarcastically. It's solid advice from Stephanie. Maybe more like that. It's just like weird because she's like, well, you guys love each other. So it's fine that he walked out and it's fine that he walked away. And I mean, it's not fine. You can't just walk. I mean, sometimes you need to take a walk. If you're fighting with someone, sometimes you just need to take a walk, cool off. But to leave for a whole night and not talk to somebody, I think that's a little bit much, especially when you're planning on spending the rest of your life with them. But Heidi is considering postponing and waiting a little bit. She wants to postpone the wedding. And she says, what's the harm in waiting? But please don't tell him. Okay, you're going to trust Stephanie Pratt with this. She just goes, oh, of course. I would rather trust a stranger than trust Stephanie Pratt. But now we are at the Audrina and Lauren apartment. And we find out that Brody and Frankie did do a couple's costume. They're Batman and Robin and Lauren is a flapper. Jem Bunny is a ladybug. And you hear Lauren going, Whitney, what do you think about Batman and Robin? And Whitney, with another great zinger, 
says, it's more like Siegfried and Roy. Hysterical. I wish we got more, like, funny Whitney. I know that we had a lot of serious Whitney with Rourke, but, like, that's a funny thing to say. And also, Audrina is Madonna. But they're playing beer pong with PBR. And I have a question. Did you use water or beer in your beer pong cups? My friends and I, we always use water to this day because the thought of, like, a ping pong ball falling on the ground and then ending up in something you need to drink makes me want to vomit. Also, in high school, people used to call it root, and I never understood that. I always just called it pong. But there's kind of a funny Brody and Bunny scene, and one of Brody's friends walks up to him, and he's like, we just lost to Lauren. We lost beer pong to Lauren. And Brody goes, great job, ladies. We just won. We just won. Jim Bunny's wasted being like, Brody, we won. And he goes, yeah, that's why I'm saying great job. Like, you idiot. (laughs) It's funny. If you rewatch it, you'll laugh, I promise. But Audrina's date, Corey, shows up, and yup, it is now her ex-husband. That Corey shows up in season three of The Hills, and he shows up here and there. But yeah, it's that Corey. Brody goes up to Bunny, and he goes, what are you, not gonna, not gonna say hi to me? And immediately holds his arms out for a hug, because that's what Brody does. Brody loves to hug the ladies. And the editing is really terrible. Like, they try to make it seem like Lauren is watching Brody from across the room, but really, she's right next to Jen. Like, she's standing right next to her during this whole scene, and the editing, it makes it look like she's, like, you know, doing that point thing, like, pointing to her eyes and pointing at Brody, like, I'm watching you. But no, she's right next to Jen the whole time. But Audrina is walking around introducing Corey to her sister and then Brody and Lauren. And Brody's like, oh, you're an Aussie. I love Aussies. Aussies are the best. I love Australians. You're from Australia. I'm a big Australia fan. (laughs) I'm like, Brody, do less. But Corey seems to get along with everybody and Brody leaves early. And Lauren seems very sad that Brody is leaving the party early to go to a different party. And by the way, you can look up pictures of Brody in his Batman suit. No, I think he's Robin. I'm pretty sure Brody is Robin. And he stuffed it. So it looks like he's packing heat, but it is stuffed. The next morning at the apartment, Audrina is cleaning up and Lauren joins her. And Audrina says... It's too bad Brody and Frankie left so early. I barely remember saying bye to them. They must have went to another party. Yes, Audrina, that must have happened. But Lauren just kind of shrugs it off, and she goes, Good thing everyone is a fan of Corey. He's nice. Audrina likes that he's nice, because we all know how Justin Bobby is. And um, Lauren's immediate response is, I really like him. And then Audrina lets her know that they're going on a date. But Audrina is really happy Corey made an effort to talk to people, even though he didn't know anybody. She's like, this is weird for me. Usually, you know, Justin wouldn't talk to anybody if he didn't know anybody, but Corey's being pleasant and nice. So at this point, we like Corey. It's actually really crazy to know what happens in the future for these two. I mean, a really nasty divorce. They're still in a really nasty custody battle. But during these, this episode, we like them together. And that's one thing that's hard for me when I watch The Hills, because I know a lot of it's fake. I know a lot of it was, you know, manipulated and overproduced and all this stuff. But I try just to live in the moment, okay? So when I say I like Corey, I mean Corey in season three, not Corey now. I just want to make that clear. Now we're at a Stephanie and Spencer time. Spencer is picking up Save the Date cards, and he's like, picking up Save the Dates for Heidi Montag. And the woman looks at them. She goes, you two are getting married? And they were like, no, no, we're brother and sister. And that's happened to my brother and I. People will be like, oh, you two make such a nice couple. And we're like, ew, we're brother and sister. It's just like an awkward moment where you're like, no, 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 that's gross. (laughs) But here comes Stephanie breaking her promise to Heidi. I get it. You can't hold a promise when it's your brother. She wants to stay, like, loyal to her brother. So she's going to tell him what's going on in the back of little Heidi's mind. So I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. Well, we were talking a couple days ago, Heidi and I. About? I just think that fight freaked her out. It wasn't a fight. You left. Well, that's your opinion. She just feels like this is breaking up your relationship. What are you talking about? She didn't know how to tell you. Are you kidding me right now? She wanted you to have this conversation with her. How do you know this? I don't know. I mean, she wants the perfect wedding. I know she was pushing you into this. She wasn't pushing me into this. I wanted this just as much, if not more, than she did. Sensor, I don't even think she is 100% sure she wants to get married right now. Wow. I mean, I think you just freaked her out. 
Thank you so much. I, I think uh, we're going to have to come back. Now that, I think, was fake. I mean, that reaction was not real life. But Spencer and Heidi end up leaving. They don't pick up the invitations. And I just said Spencer and Heidi, and I definitely meant Spencer and Stephanie. <laughs> After that, we are on a date with Corey and Audrina. And they're at a really nice place called Kataya or something like that. But it's a sushi restaurant, and Corey has an Australian accent. And let me tell you something. I love Australian accents. I have for a really long time. And it's like the hottest accent on the planet. And I swear all Australians are super hot. Like, I don't know what is in the water down there, but I'm a big fan of Australian accents, their looks. I am not a fan of all the animals that can kill you in Australia. And I'm also like really freaked out by kangaroos. Some of them are really buff and makes me uncomfortable. But anyway... Back to the Audrina and Corey date. They're eating sushi and joking about chopsticks. Audrina's like, yeah, it took me a long time to learn how to use chopsticks. And he's like, I'm not doing, I was going to do an Australian accent, but I was like, I don't want to offend anybody because <laughs> it's bad. But he talks about how he used to have to do the training chopsticks that are like tied together. And I've done those because I do not know how to use chopsticks. But they're just kind of joking and it seems really natural. And Corey and Audrina, they're planning on future stuff like going snowboarding together in the winter. And he's excited he's never gone snowboarding before. But it's a very quick date. They don't seem to, they just like eat a few sushi rolls. And then all of a sudden Corey's like, do you want to go out or you just want to go home? And then like does a little eyebrow kink and he has a lip ring. And I remember when I was younger, I hated lip rings. But rewatching, I'm like, I would date a guy with a lip ring. Then I'm like, I don't think people really have lip rings anymore. I cannot remember the last time I saw someone in real life with a lip ring. And that makes me sad. But yeah, Corey does his little eyebrow kink. And we all know what that means. We all know when a guy's like, do you want to just go home? Eyebrow kink, little smirk with your lip ring. I know what you're saying, Corey. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So now we are at a Low and Lauren dinner. And it's been a while since we've seen Lo. And she sits down and she goes, this place is romantical. And Lauren says, yeah, I've been here before with Jason. And she just goes, very romantical indeed. But I can be your boyfriend tonight. Such a low moment. I love Lo. You guys know that. I say it every time I talk about her. <laughs> Sorry if it gets annoying. But we find out that Lo didn't go to the Halloween party because she had a midterm. And honestly, I feel like she probably just didn't want to see Jen Bunny. Because remember... Jem Bunny is the reason why Lo and Lauren stopped talking for such a long time. But Lauren ends up saying Brody left early and Lo says, I'm sorry, have you guys been going out on any dates? And Lauren just kind of says it's in limbo. It's just like Lauren's trying to figure out what's going on and Lo's kind of like, you just need to have a conversation with him. You don't know if maybe he's having a conversation like you're having with me right now. And Lauren just kind of shakes her head. You can tell she doesn't want to talk about it. And again, I don't blame her for not wanting to talk about how Brody, you know, she has feelings for him and she doesn't want to have this conversation. I also hate that. People are like, why don't you just talk to the person? Because I don't want to know their real answer. That's why. We are back at the Audrina and Lauren apartment and Audrina is wearing this royal blue beanie that I can remember being completely obsessed with. I was so obsessed with Audrina's style. I wanted to dress like her so badly. I always thought she was such a little rock star and this blue beanie I would wear. I would wear it to this day. Even like she sits down and Lauren's like, I like your blue hat. But as always, the girls are having a little couch moment and Audrina loved her date with Corey. He's a keeper, she says. And now I'm just going to play a cute little moment between Audrina and Lauren. So get ready for that audio clip in three. All right, can I be annoying? Please. Ready? Okay, did you kiss him? Yes. You kissed him hot. He kissed her. Did you kiss him like, thanks for dinner? It was like mutual. Or was it like... Like, a, I want to kiss you, but I don't know, and then you kiss? Or was it like... Oh, my God, Lauren. No, like, what kind of kiss? <laughs> That's important. It's so weird, because Justin hated... He never liked to kiss. So he he returned your calls, which Justin didn't. He yeah. likes to kiss, which Justin didn't. He bathes, which Justin <laughs> didn't. Upgrade. <laughs> So we love this for Audrina. We love that she is not with Justin Bobby right now. We love that she is giving this guy Corey a chance. And we're just excited to see what happens between the two of them. And it seems like Lauren's really excited too because we know how much she hates Justin Bobby. 
Now we are at the Spidey apartment, and I'm going to be playing another audio clip in just a minute. I just want to give you a heads up. There are a few audio clips, but Spencer is reading, and he already looks mad. He already looks upset. He's sitting there, like, pouting, reading some book, and Heidi's walking around cleaning the coffee table, and she goes, will you please move your feet? I'm trying to pick up, and just get ready for this audio clip because, again, I actually think this fight was more real. I feel like Spencer's reaction and Heidi's reaction are very authentic, especially because Heidi threw something when he walks out and I'm just gonna play the clip and just get ready what's wrong well uh us I heard we were planning on getting married and I was going and getting invitations and my sister thankfully stopped me your sister what'd your sister she said say? not to spend a few thousand dollars on invitations for a wedding that she doesn't think is happening well first of all I don't think that's any of her business well you made it her business when you told her about what's going on with the wedding instead of me First of all, your sister has nothing to do with this, and actually, she shouldn't even have said anything to you. She was just looking out for her brother. She was not trying to be a snitch. Is the big wedding just an excuse for you to stall and not have a wedding? You can just be honest. I was trying to make a nice ceremony that we'd all be at, and you don't want this. Like, it seems like a nightmare for you. You're the one that's dragging it out so that there's all this conflict so it doesn't happen. I don't want to just get it over with. I want our family and friends to be there. Like, that's not dragging it out. It's something that's really important to me, and if you don't understand that by now, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm not the one who pushed you. You're the one who pushed me to move in here. You're the one who proposed to me. I have given up so much what, of this what, I haven't given up anything for this relationship. You see me going out ever with any of my friends? Oh, you I'm sorry. It? Is that something really important to you? Then why don't you go do that? My do point is you're acting like I haven't sacrificed any of things. I'm here with you 24-7. What are we? I don't make you be here with me 24-7. I didn't say it, but I don't sit here and say, I sacrificed everything. I, I forced oh, you to do this. don't mock me. Don't you dare leave. Can't wait. If you leave, don't come back. Spencer! Yeah, that's a solid fight, though. I'm a big fan of that fight. I think it's Heidi really sticking up for herself, which we don't see a ton of. And yeah, big fan. I think it's a great little scene for Spidey and their drama. Now, we end the episode with a Brody and Lauren date, just how we started the episode. And we get some Brodyisms right off the bat. He's like, wow, this place is cool looking. Wow, you could have let me pull in the chair for you. Jeez, you're making me look bad. You're making me feel bad. Like, I want to pull out that chair for you. It's like, Brody, shut the fuck up, please. Brody asks about Audrina and Justin Bobby. And Lauren goes, they're done. They're completely done. And Brody says, no way. He's like, nope, I've heard that before. They're going to get back together. And Lauren's like, no way. She really likes this Corey guy. Then Lauren says, sometimes no matter how much you like a guy, they're just not good for you. And he quickly goes, who's that for you? And she just kind of gives him a look and he's like laughing at her. Then a funny moment happens. Like Lauren gets her funny moments. I know she gets a lot of shit for being annoying, but I'm going to play an audio clip. And this is one of the most underrated moments in Hill's history, in my opinion. So get ready. Three, two, one. How's that? I don't understand. Why are they going to go? Go what? Mack all these girls. Or... Yeah, that's exactly what I think. <laughs> oh, really? It's fine. Who am I going to mack? Really? Who? Who's your phone? Let's see, we got Alex, Alex, Allie, Allison, Allison, Amanda, Amber, Amber, Amy, 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 Angie, Angie, Anna, Anna, April, Adrian, Ashley, Ashley, Aubrey, those are friends of mine. That's mm-hmm. blonde hottie. They've accumulated over the years. Bridget, wannabe bang. Oh, wannabe. What? <laughs> what was that one? You have a Britney Miami color, Britney platinum blonde. <laughs> Britney Canada whore. Personally, I would like to get Britney Canada whore on the podcast. She sounds like a great time. But I just, I feel like that's a really funny scene that she's doing that. And you can tell Brody's like all blushing and stuff. And he goes, those have built up for the last few years. And she goes, you got that phone two months ago. But then there's tension with Brody. And he goes, well, those girls mean nothing to me, sweetheart. And Lauren kind of like rolls her eyes. She goes, Brody, you can do whatever you want. And it also seems like Brody wants Lauren to ask him out. He's like, why don't you just tell me what you want? Tell me what you want me to do. And she goes, I don't want you to do anything. Again, it's a lot of tension. It's very weird. It's kind of uncomfortable. 
So that is how the episode ends. It ends with a lot of longing glances and just knowing that Brody and Lauren are never going to be a thing. They're always going to be, we're always going to root for them, but they're just not going to be a thing, unfortunately. So yeah, that is how the episode ends. Season three, episode 17. And like I said, beginning of season three was kind of slow, but after that fight with Heidi, the episodes are just good. They're great. So earlier, I kind of talked about Corey and Audrina, and Us Weekly came out with an article saying that their joint custody is getting really bad and really awful. And it's really sad because both Corey and Audrina are very vocal about how much they hate one another. And at the end, that's just going to hurt their daughter. You know, nobody, I mean, it just, it sucks to know that, you know, her daughter is going to be able to Google this stuff. And I feel that way about like Kristen and Jay too. Luckily, my parents got divorced. They're not famous. But they also did it when I was too young to really remember. And another thing I was lucky is my parents didn't really talk badly about one another until I got way older. They didn't do it until I was like 18 or 19. But it's just, it's sad to think that, you know, these two are being so negative about one another. And I'm sure there are things, a lot of things behind the scenes. Like, I don't know anything about their relationship, I guess. I just wish that celebrities wouldn't put everything out there to make money off of these, you know, clicks. Us Weekly paying them for stories. Like, is it really worth it? I mean, I guess if The Hills isn't filming, Audrina needs money. Maybe. I don't know. But maybe it is worth it getting a couple thousand bucks. But then Corey goes on his rant on Instagram being like, I've tried everything to see my daughter and Audrina just won't let me. Again, there are two sides to every story. There are three sides to every story, if you ask me. Yours, theirs, and then the truth. So hopefully these two can just kind of like get their shit together for their daughter. Jay still hasn't brought his Instagram back, which is sad. I was really liking Jay's Instagram. Big fan of it. But I don't know if he'll be back on Instagram at all especially after the Kristen and Steven thing. Like I said, I think he deleted his Instagram just because he was tagged in it like 5 million times. Like he doesn't need to see that or doesn't want to see that, I guess I should say. In baby news, Chrissy Teigen announced that she's having her third baby. Her and John Legend are having another baby. Her kids are super cute, so you know that they're going to be super cute. (laughs) And congratulations to them. Next week, I promise you, I will do the NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys thing. I know that I've been saying I've wanted to do it, but I'm going to actually put like a lot of time and actually really, really do it. So be ready for that. I've also started watching Selling Sunset, and I've been thinking about maybe doing like an extra episode here and there about Selling Sunset. I just started season three. Haven't watched season one or two. That's what I do with reality shows. I'll start with like the most recent season, then go back and watch it. And some people are like, well, that ruins it. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's reality TV. Like, I don't take it as seriously as most people, I guess. But I'm excited to get into that a little bit more. I just got to the episode with Chriselle and Justin Hartley. That motherfucker broke up with her through a text message and she seems very sweet. So I'm very upset about that. So if you've been listening for a while, you know about my rom-com life that turned into a non-rom-com life. It turned into a real shit show. It's crazy that it's been like about a year since everything went down, but there's really no update. Tim and Brooke are still very much together, and he comes into the office here and there, and we say hi to each other. We wave to one another, whatever. Not a lot of talking, I'll tell you that much. But he was in the office, and I could overhear him talking to another one of our coworkers, And he started talking about Brooke's weight, which I thought was pretty fucked up. He was like, she really wants to lose weight, but she's only lost like one pound in a whole month. And I don't know what to tell her. And I'm kind of like, dude, don't talk about your girlfriend's weight. And when like people can hear you, like just don't actually, not even if people can hear you, don't talk about your girlfriend's weight ever. But they're still together. My rom-com life right now is more so me being like the funny side character friend. Well, my friend is kind of like, going through it with her boyfriend, trying to be the supportive friend who doesn't really like the boyfriend, but is trying to be as supportive as possible, trying not to be a Lauren comrade. (laughs) It's funny, actually, um, over the weekend, I had a Zoom with my friends because, you know, we wanted to get together and they're back in Massachusetts and New York, all kind of scattered about Massachusetts too. But we were having a Zoom and my friend Steph told me, she was like, you know what you did when we were like 14, Kelly? And I was like, what? And this is the most Kelly story I've ever heard. She was like, 
you know, I was going to go up to Maine with these boys who were like 18 and like 25. And again, we were like 14. Just keep that in mind. But she was like, know what you did. You decided to get in between because you knew I shouldn't go. And you started packing a bag saying you were going to go to Maine. And then your mom grounded you. And then I felt guilty. So I didn't go. And I was like, that is sounds like a very Kelly thing to do. Definitely did that. And you know what? She didn't end up going to Maine with some creepy old dudes or older dudes. Not old. I mean, whatever. But 14, 18, and 24. 24-year-old should not be hanging out with a fucking 14-year-old. Let's make that clear. He was really creepy. I won't get into who that guy was. But I was like, wow, that is a very Kelly thing to do. (laughs) I'd probably still do that. Obviously, I wouldn't get grounded because I'm an adult and live on my own. Now, I don't know if anybody watched Vampire Diaries, but a few people wanted me to talk about it. And I actually really liked Vampire Diaries. As most shows do, it got really bad in the later seasons. But Caroline Forbes, I think, is an incredible character and should be talked about how we talk about Brooke Davis. I think she's one of the best teen, you know, drama characters of all time. I loved her. Candace Eccola or Candace King now because she got married. I just I love her as an actress and I love her as like a human and she's great. Um, I was I like Stefan more than Damon. I will say that. But my I loved Matt. And then I really liked Bonnie, but they all treated Bonnie like shit. I'll do I'll do more of a deep dive with Vampire Diaries, too, if you guys like that. I'll try and find some like behind the scenes drama stuff like that. Over the week, we also find out that we also found out. I'm sorry that Cody Simpson and Miley Cyrus broke up just in time for her Call Her Daddy episode and for her new single. I don't love the new single. I know a lot of people love it. I think Miley has a great voice, though, so I'm sure she'll be great. (laughs) I hope she comes out with new music. I really liked her Slide Away song. I think it was really kind of looked over, but we shall see what happens. But also, like, Miley, we know PR. We're We're not dumb anymore. We can see a PR thing from a mile away and you announcing that you and your boyfriend broke up right before a Call Her Daddy episode and right before a new single drop. We're smarter than that man. (laughs) All right, everybody, I'm so excited for our first guest or second guest. I guess that's not Laguna or Hills related. If there was a Mount Rushmore of challengers, she would be on it. Cara Maria, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) No, you're seriously, you know, you've been one of my favorites for a really long time, and I'm just excited to talk to you. Aw, thanks for having me. I'm excited. This will be fun. So, real question, is your back sore for carrying the franchise for the past five years? (laughs) You're amazing. This is already starting off to be, like, the best interview ever. (laughs) Um, uh, No. I'm I'm just keeping the bench warm now, so my back's had plenty of rest. <laughs> I know. What are you up to? What are you up to now? Oh, I'm up to. I mean, when you're when you're kicked out of the nest, man, you gotta learn how to fly. So I've definitely been. Um, well, first of all, spending a whole lot of time with my horse, which has been extremely needed because horses are therapy, and she is also 30 years old. So I don't oh, know wow. how many. Yeah, every time I left to go film, I always wondered, you know, I'd always be scared that I wasn't here to take care of her, even though I had other people taking care of her. It's not the same without me. Um, She's just different. Like, she shuts down for other people, and she, like, thrives when I'm around. And, like, I um, I always worry that I'm going to get that phone call, like, hey, she's not doing well. And, you know, so it's a big, it's a big thing. So I'm really thankful that I've had this time with her. Um, Also, I've been going, like, so hard into like you know my painting world my photography like I've just got really working on some really great things that are going to be coming up that I'm going to keep close to my chest until I I let them out (laughs) absolutely well I'm excited to see what's next for you for sure it'll it'll be good (laughs) so something we actually have in common we're both from Massachusetts and we both moved from Massachusetts But what is one thing other than, say, family or friends that you really miss about Massachusetts? Uh, Honestly, just my family and friends. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Let me think on it real quick. Uh, Bodeborg? 
<laughs> in uh, in Quincy, like uh, I think it's no, not in Quincy. I think it's in Malden, like Bodeborg. It's a really cool, fun, like little uh, giant warehouse full of challenges, which is really freaking so fun. Um, and literally just my friends. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Like, what do I do when I'm home? Like, I just spend time with my family. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Is there? Was there something else? Like, what, what do you miss? No, I mean, so I moved down to Nashville, and people are just like, they oh. walk slower, they talk slower, and I'm oh. very quick, so I kind of, like, miss that. You're used to being, you're used to being sur- driving with a bunch of mass holes. Exactly. <laughs> well, I would, I would enjoy the, sl- I mean, I, I guess you could compare, uh, Montana to kind of like a Tennessee like it's it's definitely a lot more low-key and chill I mean I do miss actually no there's not a whole lot yeah no I take nothing nothing I guess the clam chowder like the seafood okay we'll go with that being in a landlocked state is state is tough with no seafood yeah so going back to your challenge days there's one scene that I remember and like it haunted me it's when I believe Wes like poured a bottle of Pepsi on your head it was horrible I still get angry thinking about it and I just I wonder how didn't that break you I mean getting in that house in general all those big personalities but like that one scene like I said it still makes me like upset thinking about it but you were able to you know go back and become a champion what was that like for you I mean that would never ever happen to the car now right and unfortunately um certain vocal people tend to want to cheer for the person that gets picked on rather than the person that nobody's going to fuck with anymore. Um, but back then I was the victim, you know, and, and that was because I was literally like, you know, not, I, I grew up as an only child. I never had a brother to pick on me. I never had a sister to pick on me. Um, my cousins, I had two cousins that I was close to one of them that I won with on bloodlines. He's an only child. She's an only child. So like, we just kind of like understood each other. And like, even in college, and I've said this on, on another interview, I only had a roommate for like two years, one roommate. Like I never had, you know, I never played sports. I never worked on a team. I mean, I did cheerleading in eighth grade, if that counts, but Like, so I, I didn't know, I just getting thrown into a house like that, like never doing sports, not being surrounded by, you know, always having my private space, being an only child, like just, it was a whole new experience to me. And because I was always in high school, the, you know, the, the weirdo, like I always was the weirdo. Like I like to dress different, be different. And I was never part, I was never the popular girl. I always got picked on. And, um, you know, I was the art, the art nerd, I guess you could say what I was. And, you know, going on to the challenge, it just kind of like, not that I brought it on myself, but I just didn't, I was so out of my element. And I remember when that did happen to me with the the soda pouring on me. And it's so frustrating because when I go back and watch it, I'm like, I really did just stand there, but I was also hammered. So <laughs> things happen in slow motion. Right. And I think I was, I was in the process, like I started off being like laughing and giggling and joking. And when it started happening, I was like, it was kind of like the slow motion transition of going from the, this was, you know, we were being funny to like, what the fuck, this isn't cool. And like, and it like hit me in my face and I'm like, what the, like people, cause people, when I tell you were mean to me that season. So that was like a culmination of you know, me and Wes are cool now. Right. But I mean, back then, I remember they were him, uh, Jen especially was really brutal, but like they were constantly making fun of me. Like, I mean, even CT kind of came at me and, you know, it was like when he was hammered one night and saying he's going to like fuck up my boyfriend and, uh, and like Wes commented and said, you know, I hope he was the very first one that said, you know, Hey, I hope your horse dies. Like I heard him say that. And like, uh, you know, neighing, like make like making fun of me and like neighing and shit. And I remember like crying. I'm like, why are people so mean? Like, I was just like, why are people like this? Because it's not. I would never. I know nowadays fans try to be like, you're a bully, but like, really, am I or am I like just being flat out trying to find out where people stand in a game? Like, am I picking on people? Am I telling people they're worthless? Am I telling people, you know, I hope their animal dies? Am I telling people nobody likes them? Am I, you know, what I mean, like, am I doing any of that? No, and it's like so being treated like that was just it it broke me 
And, you know, you've seen the person that I've turned into in the last few seasons, and that's just someone that's hard, that's jaded, that has a wall up the size of fucking the one that Trump wants to build, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I've got I've got the wall and, and it's just because of how much I've been because of how I've been treated. And now it's like nobody will ever treat me like that ever again. And that's just who I am now. And if people want the victim back, fuck you. <laughs> she ain't coming back. She's dead. So How good did that feel, though, to, you know, I'll go to the final, get that win? Like, what was that like? Considering your story arc on the show, I'd say, like you said, you started off as kind of like the weird horse girl, and then you became this fucking beast. <laughs> I still am the weird horse girl. <laughs> um, I just... It, for me, I just had so much fight in me because of, it's like the typical story that you hear on every show ever. It's like, I was picked on, I was bullied, watch me make it. And it's true. I mean, those type of people, you can either go cry in a corner about it, which I would still do, which is my process, but you still come back stronger. And I took all the things that people said I was bad at. And I did my best to like work on all my weaknesses so I could be stronger. You know, like I never... I'm, I'm really proud of, of how far I've come. And people want to come at me maybe for, for my swimming, but at the same time, like, I'm actually not the worst swimmer anymore, and that's just hype. Like, people are, like, that's just an old, uh, that's just old propaganda that right. just follows me because I'm actually not afraid of the water anymore. Like, if I, you know, like, I, I was the one that volunteered to, on that last a challenge to swim against Jordan twice, even though I know he's way faster than me. Like I gave my whole heart into that and I was fine. And it's like, and especially, you know, when it comes to something like running and walking, that's what people do every day. But when you have to learn swimming, when you're an adult, it's not something that just comes natural. Like it's something you really have to work at. So I'm proud of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, so, you can see your growth, obviously, not just like muscular wise, but obviously like mentally and all that. It's over the years, the challenge has obviously really changed. And I think like adding social media into it and doing all that has definitely made it even crazier. But do you prefer the olden challenge days compared to, say, like the more recent years? I, I want to say, you know, I don't know. I'm mixed about that because... The challenges are always cool and different and fun and or deadly and terrifying and <laughs> butthole puckering. But I mean, that's that's always been cool. I mean, the finals are always interesting. There's nothing that I could say I wish about the old seasons because in the old seasons, um, there was way tighter groups of people because the people that were doing it had been friends forever or done an entire real world season together and were already banded in groups and packs. And, and all they would talk about when I would first start is like all the old seasons and the finals. And it was, it was like a club that I felt like I would never be a part of. Mm -hmm. And coming in as a fresh meet, um, we were just instantly because there was only real world and road rules. That was it. Real world, road rules, one fresh meet, and then a fresh meat too. And as a fresh meat person, you know, we were constantly reminded that we weren't real cast members. We weren't, um, we didn't belong. You know, like we were just shit. Like we were just the shitty little stepsisters, you know right. what I mean? And and that's what we were constantly reminded of because like we didn't have a real world season. So we didn't count. And even the fans hated us because of it. Um, and looking back on it, I'm like, you know what? Now I'm proud that. I was born on the challenge. That's my first season. Like, you guys did a different show. My show started on the challenge, and not a lot of people can say that. At this point, only the only people left are me and Laurel that can say that. Well, no, and then just from there, you know, now they're taking people from fucking, you know, America's Worst Cook. Like, any show that you can possibly <laughs> imagine, people are going on now. So there it isn't that... So, like, you, you have a couple best friendies, but, like, the... The ruling cliques um, aren't so much there. So it's it, it allows a little bit more, I don't know, it, it mixes us up a little bit. And I'm not, you know, made fun of for being fresh meat anymore. Yeah, that must be pretty nice. <laughs> so did you want to be on like real world or anything? Or did you just see like a opening for the challenge and you were like, there, I want to get on the challenge? 
I didn't. Um, my story, long story short, is I wanted to, I was in college and my friends were watching the real world and I remember trying to tell them something um, that happened to me that day and they weren't paying attention. They were like, wait for a commercial. And I was like, who cares about these people? You don't even know them. And then I was like, you know what would be funny? So I went back to my computer and I went to MTV.com and I went to the applications and submitted. And then, uh, you know, they tried to get me on they weren't casting and I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just send my picture. And if they like it, they'll, they'll say something like I really had no expectations whatsoever. And they messaged me. They wanted me on bad girls club. That didn't work out. They wanted me on the real world. I would have been on, I think Emily Shrome season of the real world, I think, okay. or, or the Cancun and that didn't work out. And then I was like, they, you know, and then they called me again and they're like, well, we're casting for uh, for fresh meat for the challenge. And I'm like, what is that? What is that? What is, what is it? And when they explained what it was, I wanted really honestly, like, no part of it. But I was kind of curious. I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I was like, I know you don't cast people like me anyways. Like, I know the type of people you want. You know, because I was more, like, in my gothic stage. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I showed up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I showed up to my interviews in, like, a, a latex corset, my pirate beads, my, <laughs> like, I was just on another level. You know, all my necklaces and bullet belts. Like, I don't know <laughs> You know, that girl's still there, too. But, um, yeah, and then they were just like, yeah, well, we, we want you. You're on the challenge. And I was like, what? It just, like, and then there goes the first day of the last day or whatever of the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> now, say if you went back to, like, season, fresh meat season, Cara, what advice would you give her? Literally nothing, because whatever I did was right, because it got me back on the next season. So I guess you, you look back and you want to change things, but really – Every decision and every way you've acted, like, it it all brings you to where you are today. So, I mean, obviously, like, if there's, you know, if there's one thing I would have liked to change about myself, it would have been, like, my, my extreme insecurity, my taking everything personally. And, you know, I still have that in me, but I've, I like, I fight it a lot better. So, um... You know, I think if I didn't have that insecurity and I didn't have that everybody's against me, then I wouldn't have such a fight. So I think every way that I acted, every way that I was um, made me who I am now and and gave me the journey that I was able to have. So that's awesome. I love that. So if you could pair up with one male or one female, not not Polly, Polly can't be in this. What cast members would you choose? Oh, I would uh, for girls. Um. Oh my God, I would I would die to have Cook back. Okay, I mean she is she is an absolute rock star that I would love to see you know again. Um, she's like a she's a real athlete. You know those soccer players they're on a different level. <laughs> they're scary. Um, soccer players used to scare me in high school. <laughs> and I would love to be paired up with Cam because I think she is she's so strong, she's so smart, and she's such a good leader. And it's so crazy how young she is, mm-hmm. but like I would a thousand percent if I showed up and Cam was my partner, I would just be like, Cam, I will be the horse and you tell me what to do. You're the queen, you lead and I will, I will do, I'll do all the labor, you know, like she's strong as an ox, but mm-hmm. she's everything. But I would let her take full control of the politics of, um, you know, of every challenge that we do, I would never argue with her. I'd be like, all right, Cam, how do you want to go about this? I'll just listen to you. Cause she, I have so much respect and love for her as a person and a competitor. So I would just like, I would love to be her partner. And what about for a male partner? For a guy, um, I would like to be, Darrell is great, but he is afraid of heights just as much as I am. And he's not a puzzle guy and he doesn't like to eat so that's tough but he was an amazing partner um ct is everything no matter what so i would (laughs) you know i would just always take ct i can't think of uh i can't think of anybody else right now if i didn't have polly yeah i'd probably be ct i think that's a pretty solid one to choose too always team boston bring it back (laughs) So I put up a questionnaire, like questions people wanted me to ask you, and a lot of Big Brother questions. Would you ever go on Big Brother? And if so, how would you play the game, do you think? People always ask me that, but I I, I couldn't play Big Brother. 
because I'm not good at social. Like, I'm not good. The only reason I haven't seen eliminations on the challenge is because um, because either people don't want to call me out or I win or somebody else is doing the politics and I'm, you know, lucky by default. So Big Brother is all politics and you don't get to leave the house to, like, breathe air except when you go in the backyard and do a quick challenge. So for me, like, it looks, it's so fun to watch. Like, I love the challenges that they do and I love seeing all the politics that go into it, but I could never because it's such a social game and that is my biggest, um, my biggest weakness. Like, if it's a popularity contest, I'm the first one gone. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, I really, I'd take the L there, you know? Like, I wouldn't know what to do. So no big brother, no big brother for you. I just couldn't. I, I could judge Cupcake Wars, though. There we go. That would, <laughs> That's perfect. You know, or I'd love to be a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. That would be a dream come true. So. Who do you think are some of the most underrated challengers, um, either the last few seasons or maybe someone that pops into your head, like, immediately, whether they're in the earlier seasons or now? Immediately pops in my head is Ninja. Okay. Ninja gets so much shit only because people, the same way that I used to get shit or still do, is like, she's annoying. I don't like her, so I'm going to discredit everything she does. And the fact is, yeah, Ninja's not a good swimmer, but is she, does she quit? Never. Is she a good climber? Obviously. Is she smart AF? Yes. She's, she'll never let you down on a puzzle or memory or anything. She's smart as hell. Um, And the fact is, on her only two seasons, she made it to both finals. And on those two finals, she was the last woman standing on both. Especially one of them being the hardest final that there ever will, that there ever has been or ever will be, which is War of the Worlds 1. So I don't think Ninja gets the credit she deserves at all. Um, I think, who else is underrated? Um, this might be funny, and I know she doesn't like me, but... Um, I think Sylvia is underrated when it comes to eliminations. Like, she looks like she probably wouldn't be good at a challenge or an elimination, but I don't know what it is about her, but she's got so much fight in her. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never seen her quit. I've never seen her complain. She just sucks it up and does work. So I think... um, Sylvia would be there just especially when it comes to eliminations like she's a little boss I mean just her one elimination against against a non-pregnant Melissa (laughs) in a wrestling thing um in freezing cold while she had like the flu that that actually the the fact that she was so sick had production send her home not because she lost the elimination like that tells me all I ever needed to know about somebody and and that is like so much respect to Sylvia for that and uh Anybody else that's underrated? I'm probably missing someone, but I can't think of anybody right now. So those two for sure? Yeah, absolutely. What was your favorite season that you were on? Okay, so my favorite season to look back on and see my fight was Free Agents, but I hated it being there because Laurel was terrible to me. Um, you know, and I wasn't able to make the final and I had to fight constantly. So it was miserable. Um, but I'm proud looking back at what I was able to do with the cards I was given literally. Um, and my favorite season to film, believe it or not, was everybody's one of everybody's least favorite. Um, and that was war of the worlds one. Okay. World Worlds 2, I was a little, I was definitely burnt out to fuck. But War of the Worlds 1, I enjoyed filming it because I loved being partnered with, oh, Theo. Oh, my God. Somebody I'd want to be partnered with again. Definitely Theo. Like, I've had amazing partners. I would take Theo in a heartbeat as well. Um, being partnered with Theo, he was a great partner. Um, he was in with the UK kids, and Polly had his had his people on his side so I was sitting kind of pretty like in the middle of a, of a bunch of alliances so I was comfortable and uh me and Polly were incredibly happy um it was when we really just let ourselves finally say how we felt about each other and really just finally finally let go um 
and and then I was really proud of even though I fucked up on the math like I was really proud of how I did that season on on the competitions like we won um it was either me or Polly in the tribunal every single time um I won the purge just the second individual right behind turbo to finish the puzzle um and I you know and I and I did the best I could in that terrible final so I was I was proud. I was on cloud nine. I was happy. I'd sent home all my enemies. Um, it was a great great season for me. I mean, obviously, you know the way things were shown. You're always meant to. It's TV, and you're always meant to. Whatever you feel is how you're supposed to feel. But you know, me having lived it, it was my best season ever. Now I know you said earlier you've been kicked out of the nest, and is that like because? I think you helped build the challenge brand and stuff like that. Is that kind of, I don't know, is that kind of like a slap in the face a little bit? I'm just going to say everything happy and positive, and I think the best thing I can do is whatever is thrown my way, I'm just going to be a better, stronger human for it. So instead of looking at the past, I'm just going to look at what can I accomplish and be and do for the future. So I'm going to put all my energy towards... um, towards building a good future for me right now. Um, I guess my my last question for you, and this is something I like to ask everybody who's ever been on a show or anything, do you think that you were, you know, portrayed fairly? Or do you, or would you go back and maybe change anything? I know we kind of talked about that, but I guess, do you think you were portrayed fairly on the show? I think when you sign up for something like reality TV, you are given... You're, you're giving your heart and soul, and, and what is done with it is out of your hands. And I think that I'm only going to ever say positive, amazing things about the challenge. So that's we're just going to leave it at that. No, that's, that's <laughs> totally fine. I mean... I, uh... Just leave it at that. Everything is awesome. <laughs> well, I'm going to put it out there. I hope that we see you on future challenges. You know, thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you. you have some art on the way, you said? I do. So... One of my projects, I'll disclose. Okay. Um, I'm, I've been working on a lot of art. I'm trying to build up a pretty good collection, and then I'm going to get some good shots of it, and I'm going to be selling it um, in poster form because a lot of people are always asking for my art, and back when I used to crank out so many cool pieces, I never took pictures of them. I just sold the original. And so now I'm like, you silly girl, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to take a good picture of it. I'm going to let, you know, posters be available in different sizes, you know, gallery wrapped canvases available in different sizes so people can get, you know, so you don't have to buy, the original is going to be expensive, but you can get like a less expensive, you know, it just makes it more available to everybody. And I'm just going to, art makes me happy. So I make things that I want to see in my own home. So if people like my style, then they'll like the art. Well, so, and that's, I do have some, I'm like really excited about what's coming after that, but I'm, I'm keeping that kind of close, close to my chest. You're now. really, you're really teasing it and it's really hurting, <laughs> but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining. We're going to keep an eye out for your art and then whatever else is up the road. I'm really excited and thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. You're awesome. <laughs> You know, one one thing I will say is I am very open and very hopeful if I ever get the chance to come back, um, that would be great. And what I would do with it is I would try to bring, because I was burnt out, I would try to bring the good of the, you know, my younger version of my challenge self with the strengths of who I am now and just combine those two so I could still have... I could still be strong, somebody that nobody wants to F with, but still have that good heart and still find the excitement and the happy and the fun again. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for if I ever get that chance again. So I'm putting it in the universe. We want you back on the challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you so much to Cara Maria for joining. One thing that's really cool is I am seeing a lot of independent podcasts charting. As you guys know, Laguna Biatch is an independent podcast. I record, I edit, I do all that fun stuff. But also like So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, I've seen charting, um, Teen Mom Trash Talk. I've seen Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, who's an icon in my opinion. 
But it's just really cool to see everybody kind of coming together for the podcasters lately. And I want to thank you guys because when I see, I can't lie, like when I see my little picture on the charts, it's really cool. And I just appreciate it. Again, thank you to Kara for joining the podcast. It's actually kind of weird because people from the hills are declining coming on my podcast. But people from the challenge are like, hell yeah, I'll come on. <laughs> and it's actually really cool. So like I said, I'm hoping to get more people from different shows. It's probably going to be a lot of challengers. I just have a feeling. But again, I'm going to reach out to a lot of different people, kind of see who I can get. And I've just, I've been having a lot of fun lately. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for having fun with me. And I'm going to end on a little video that I received from the Biatches. Um, a few of you got together, raised some money, and got me a cameo from somebody. So I'm going to end with that audio. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have an awesome week. And I'm going to leave you with this. Kelly, I just got to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all your support on Laguna Beach and the hills. And shout out to all your biatches. Cheers. Cheers. And for making everything possible. Thank you so much. I love your podcast so much. All the way in Nashville, you know, my friend Kristen is in Nashville. I love it there. Um, I, it's a hard time in quarantine. You're having a hard time in quarantine. But still, you bring so much joy to your followers. You share so much. So cheers to you for being so amazing. Cheers to you, Kelly. And Christina loves you. I love you. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the love and support. Girl, you got this. Come on. You and your biatches, you got this.